Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going good here in Nashville. I know you're overseas, but uh, you haven't been writing any anonymous op-eds, have you? No, I have not been writing any anonymous op-eds. That's not something I normally do. Um, uh, I do understand, I can tell from where I am that that seems to be the joke everyone is saying back home, um, asking, did you write the anonymous op-ed? So, um, no, I did not. Well, I know you're out of the country this week, Amy, but... And not only did you miss an op-ed, you're also missing uh, I, something I know that's near and dear to your heart, Supreme Court hearings. It seems like every time I leave the country, some major story drops in the U.S. I was gone when uh, Anthony Kennedy announced his retirement, and I'm gone when Brett Kavanaugh is uh, having his hearing, which I normally watch every Supreme Court hearing just nonstop. And so being uh, distant from it, it's actually not not a completely bad thing to, to step away a little bit. Uh, it's it's very nice and, and peaceful being kind of out of the news cycle. All right. So tell us about the UK. Yeah. So I am technically I'm at the time of this recording, I'm not really in the UK. I'm in the Republic of Ireland, which is not, you know, Northern Ireland is part of the UK. The Republic of Ireland is kind of on its own. So I'm actually down below Dublin, but we are headed shortly to Newcastle, which is in England. Go Tunes. And uh, so just kind of in very quick trip, Keith is doing some teaching here. I'm I'm uh, meeting some students and, and seeing what all they're doing. And it's a, a great opportunity to see uh, folks who are just training for all different ministries around the world. Actually, there are uh, students from multiple countries in Europe who are here um, who are here for this uh, cohort. And we're participating through a partnership we have with uh, Crosslands over here. And uh, so it's just a great, it's just a great time to connect with people. It's really beautiful here and a little cool, which is a nice break from the North Carolina heat. All right, but well, before we get into this week's episode, do want to thank our sponsor, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary up in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, where you can get your master's degree, your doctorate degree, or your undergraduate degree. They are committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. And uh, like I said, you can check out those undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degrees by visiting sbts.edu. We've got something a little different for us this week, Amy. We've got an interview with Jim Law. Yeah, normally we don't do uh, our interviews on the front end, but I think because of how big the news has been uh, about uh, Johnny Hunt and Jim Law going to NAM. Uh, even though it's not a brand new story this week, I think it's still kind of big enough in uh, people's minds that it's it's actually a good way to start our show. Yeah, totally. And uh, I sat down earlier this week with Jim Law and had a great conversation with him. Here is that conversation. Joining us this week on SBC This Week is Jim Law. He will be the executive director of the newly formed department at the North American Mission Board focusing on evangelism and pastoral leadership. Uh, Jim, thanks for joining us. Been looking forward to it, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Uh, We are glad to have you on here. A lot of exciting things coming out of the North American Mission Board. Uh, Before we, we get into the interview, tell us just a little bit about, you know, where you, you are at Woodstock right now with uh, Johnny Hunt, who's a pastor there. And it was announced uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, that he would be leaving Woodstock to come on uh, pending trustee vote. We'll make sure we get the polity right here. Uh, at the uh, first week of October, he'll be coming on as a vice president over at the North American Mission Board, I think starting in January. 
Is that correct? That's correct. So uh, tell us just a little bit about how that, that formation happened, your, your transition from Woodstock to the North American Mission Board, and just where you are right now and kind of where you are, are headed, I guess, with the formation of this group. It's been an absolute joy and a privilege for me to be able to serve here alongside of Johnny for the past almost 28 years now. Johnny's been here 32. January will be 28 for me. So it's been a joy. Served in a similar position in a church in Florida for 11 years prior to that. But what I've seen transpire at uh, Woodstock, I feel like has really prepared me to be able to make some kind of contribution to the North American Mission Board. But I'm really, uh, really excited. So I start uh, October the 1st. As you said, Johnny will be in the midst of a pastoral transition time that the church here has proved, we'll be uh, introducing to our church the recommendation of he and a transition committee in the next few weeks of a new uh, co-pastor that will come and serve alongside of him. He'll be with him for a period until they feel like the uh, transition is uh, complete. Then then he will take over. But Johnny will step, start his responsibilities and kind of be playing both roles in January of 2019 while he transitions out here. So a lot happening here at Woodstock. We've never been healthier as a church in giving, in participation, in missions. We've never been in a healthier uh, time in the life of our church. So it's a great time for a great transition. So we're excited for me. We're excited for Johnny. We're excited about this new phase of our, our uh, church. So we're, we're excited about that. I'm excited about starting my new responsibilities October 1st at North American Mission Board. All right. Will you be down at the executive committee meeting later this month? Uh, I will not be. Okay. All right. I was hoping to meet you. Got, but, yeah, I got some conflicts here trying to try Yeah, to a get lot of loose ends you got to tie up in one month, I'm yeah. sure. So I wish I could, but I'll not be able to be there. Okay, so let's talk about the evangelism and pastoral leadership group that you are starting at now. Give us kind of the 30,000-foot view. What's the the goal, the the end game for this? Our assignment, Jonathan, uh, coming from uh, Kevin and the leadership there was, hey, here's a uh, clear blank whiteboard. your your mandate or your challenge is we want to heighten the awareness and involvement in as many of our 45,000 churches in our denomination, 45,000 plus. We want to heighten the awareness and the involvement of our churches in evangelism and leadership. So that's kind of our challenge. So you guys go and figure out how we're going to do that. And so we've got a great challenge before us. We're going to bring some other guys around the table that's had some long-term uh, experience in this uh, regarding evangelism and leadership also to serve as kind of a committee to work alongside of us. But that's kind of been the uh, challenge. So our that our goal is to uh, heighten the awareness and the involvement as many churches as we can. We'll talk a little bit about that later on, but uh, on how you do that and, and you know, the local churches and evangelism training. But what kind of metrics? I mean, whenever you said you got a blank whiteboard, so I mean, you're basically creating this from scratch. Uh, I mean, there's there's obviously some things already at NAM that you'll be able to sure. utilize along the way, but sure. like, what kind of metrics do we expect out of this, or what kind of metrics do you guys? You know, I, I know things can change. Uh, you know, you may get in there and in six months go, you know what? What we thought we were going to be doing is totally different than what we wound up right. being. But like, right. like, where do you where do you go from here? Yeah. 
and and Jonathan, you're exactly right. We're we're going in and trying to build on a great foundation that Kevin and his staff, Joel Sutherland, that's been working in evangelism, has certainly built a great foundation. So uh, we're going to go in and build on uh, on that foundation. But the metrics would be our markers are going to be that we've been in a steady decline for a number of years now, especially in the area of evangelism. So we're trying to stabilize those numbers uh, at worst. At best, we hope to uh, turn that uh, decline around and see an uh, increase in our vengeance. So that's the primary uh, metrics that we're looking for is to increase and be on a rise in our denomination again on reaching people for Christ and baptisms. Now, we believe that leadership and evangelism goes together. We, we believe that a lot of uh, leaders and a lot of pastors are not leading their church in a real evangelistic effort because they don't understand how to be leaders. So we're going to be doing leadership workshops. We're going to be doing one-day leadership uh, conferences. We're going to be producing some uh, resources that are going to help them develop in their leadership. I believe when we begin to make better leaders, they're going to be better leaders of their churches, which is going to which is going to result in uh, leading them evangelistically, which is one of the primary things that we're called to do. So we believe leadership and evangelism go together. So we're going to be teaching both of those, coming up with resources for both of those. In order, the primary metric is we're trying to reduce this downward trend of uh, baptisms in our denomination. Yeah, and I know they've been doing the Engage 24 events. Yes. Uh, and I, there's one, I think, in just a couple of weeks down in Alabama. I think that one sold out. I think there's still some room in the Kentucky one in October right. uh, in yeah. Louisville. So if, if guys have, uh, and ladies, if you're listening at home and, and wanting to kind of get in on the ground floor, I know you guys haven't really gotten started yet, and these are different type of events, but we do have these Engage 24 events. You can check that out at nam.net slash engage 24. Yeah. We'll put a link in the show notes for that. Uh, but there is one in October 9th and 10th up there in Louisville. Uh, so pastors in that area around the Southern Seminary area, you can check that out and get involved in Engage 24 because that's a, that's a bit of an evangelism training right now. I know that Dr. Scroggins will be up there, yes. uh, Jimmy Scroggins, and then uh, a couple of others. Um, is Johnny Hunt going to be there? Johnny I think, will. I, th I thought is. I saw him on the list, so yeah. Yeah, he and I both will be at okay. the one in Trustful right outside of Birmingham, 17th and 18th of this month, and then, as you said, 9th and 10th in Louisville. We'll, we'll both be there, and Johnny will be one of the uh, speakers on both of those. Excellent, and that's going to be at First Baptist Trustful right there in beautiful downtown Trustville, Alabama. Yes, sir. Um, very familiar. I used to live there, so yeah. Oh, I'm good. Familiar good. with the area. I look forward to that. But uh, yeah, so that, that'll be great. So those kind of events, but that also leads us to Something else that was announced in the release uh, of hiring you was the Timothy Barnabas transition, moving yes. that from Johnny Hunt to the North American Mission Board. And uh, yes. the, the North American Mission Board will be kind of uh, assuming the responsibilities in the operations of the Timothy Barnabas conferences. So what yes. does that look like? Maybe is, were we expecting some kind of changes? I would guess there would be some type of changes uh, to yeah. those conferences in the future. But uh, what does that look like for 2019? Yeah, and Jonathan, before we leave the Engage 24, oh, okay. let, me just, let me just mention that uh, we may be changing the name of those evangelism conferences next year, but we, we already have five across the country planned for 2019. We'll be getting the information out soon about the uh, areas we're going to be uh, doing those evangelism conferences. So just, just a word. Excellent. 
Timothy Barnabas was a, a ministry that uh, Pastor Johnny and I started together uh, in 2019. We'll mark our 25th year. Wow. And we've seen it grow from the very first one that we did. I, be I began to uh, notice not long after I came here that Johnny had a heart to help every church and every pastor that called him. And he was traveling a lot and people were here going and coming a lot. And I, I just said, uh, Johnny, you can't continue to do that. We've got to create some kind of venue. And if they really want your help, they'll come. Yeah. If all they want you to do is come to their church and preach, you know, you, you, uh, you can do a few of those. You can't do it for everybody. Yeah. You, you were his so, Jethro. You, you explained to him exactly, that, you know, exactly. you can't do it all. That's right. So we created, I, I, I told him we need to create a venue. He prayed and came up with the, uh, the, uh, the uh, conference uh, title of the uh, ministry to call it Timothy Barnabas because we, we found that all of us need instruction, which Timothy was a picture of instruction, but all of us need great encouragement, which was a picture of Barnabas. So he came up with a name for the ministry, uh, Timothy Barnabas. So we launched that 25 years ago. The very first, we didn't know if we'd have eight or 10 come that first year. We had 43 come that first year. And since then, we, we've gone from one, one week to we do five different weeks in five different regions now. We're, we do two weeks in Atlanta. We do Gatlinburg. We do Branson. Woo! They're out in Palm Springs, California, doing the West Coast this week. I was not able to be with them. And then we do one every year for larger churches. So we're doing five or six different weeks right now. We will continue to do that. One of the changes we're going to make is uh, Pastor Johnny is going to begin to bring others in to speak uh, along with him during these conferences. One of the hearts that he has and that Kevin had at NAM was, this has been such a productive ministry. We want to build a lasting legacy. And so we're bringing in other pe people to begin to contribute and speak along with Johnny. Another change that's coming is we're probably going to create a uh, Timothy Barnabas in 19 or 20 just for bivocational pastors. We're doing that. And then we're also going to create a week strictly for young leaders, 40 and under. So we'll, we'll probably be adding to the regional ones we have. And then we're going to do some Timothy Barnabas one-day trainings across the country and at NAM. So lots lots of uh, changes coming. In, in our Timothy Barnabas this year, we started with 43. We, we had somewhere close to 3,000 wow. over that participated in all of our conferences this year. And so we're excited about even broadening the tent pegs a little bit further as we uh, try to reach some more uh, specific groups in other regions of the country. Well, uh, just so you know, if you need anybody to volunteer for anything in Branson, I'm always available. Well, um, that's I'm like an old man in that, that sense. I, I absolutely love Branson. And uh, it's it's kind of a running gag on our uh, on our podcast, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> we get a lot of volunteers to go to Palm Springs too. Surprisingly, well, I've never been there, but I love Branson, and I'll be glad to do I'm whatever there. you guys need. If you need speakers, I'm there. I'll I may, I may see if I can drag Dr. Rayner with me, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll keep that in mind. All right, and then uh, finally, you know, we we kind of touched on it at the beginning interview, but helping churches, you know, the forty five thousand churches of the Southern Baptist Convention really get more evangelistic. 
and seeing those baptism numbers turn around. So in what ways do you guys anticipate helping local churches in evangelism training, both for pastors and for members? We're going to do the same thing in evangelism training we're doing with Timothy Barnabas, try to take it out to the different regions, make it as uh, accessible as we can for guys to come, and we'll do some uh, training, we'll do some encouraging, we'll uh, create uh, resources for them, and and we don't plan to have one approach, Jonathan, to reach people. We, we want to give multiple approaches. Whatever works for your culture, whatever works for your church, it's not important to us what approach you use. It's important to us that you're using something and it's producing evangelism and discipleship. So we're going to kind of create as many different uh, training methods as we can and give give some guys a choice, whatever they feel like's best for their uh, for their church and their culture. We just want to get men and women, boys and girls, out in the community and sharing the good news, of the gospel that Jesus saved. However, they do that. Yeah, one of the things I, I working with Dr. Rayner that I've learned over the years is, and I've seen it too in in real life. But evangelistic churches are led by evangelistic pastors. And uh, when pastors are evangelistic, their churches will be. Johnny says it all the time, and it absolutely is the truth. Whatever, and that's why we're putting so much emphasis on leadership. Whatever is important to the pastor is important to the people. I'll tell you, if evangelism is not a priority to the pastor, it is not going to be a priority to the people. It'll be whatever his priority is. So we're trying to provide the leadership to get the people to see that because you're absolutely right. Whatever's important to them is going to be important to those people. Well, thank you, Jim, for uh, joining us today. This is Jim Law. Uh, we appreciate everything that you've done at Woodstock uh, with Pastor Johnny and that you're going to be continuing to do at the North well, American Mission you, Board. Bob. Look forward to meeting you in person uh, down the line, and uh, thank you for everything you've, uh, you're doing for us uh, as Southern Baptists, and uh, we appreciate the time today here on the podcast. Well, thank you, Jonathan. I, I just want to say to all the listeners, we are dependent upon your prayer. So put the evangelism and pastoral leadership department and Pastor Johnny and I on your prayer list because we desperately need uh, direction from the Lord. So we're dependent upon their prayers. And thank you for having me today, Jonathan. All right. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks for that, Jonathan. And thank you for having the conversation with uh, with Jim Law while I'm gone. Um, it sounds like we've got great things ahead in the area of evangelism at the North American Mission Board. We do. And it's the first of the month, Amy. You know what that means? CP. We are up again in the cooperative program this month, 2.59% ahead of the budgeted giving for the year. Just a hair over $180 million have been given uh, this year through the cooperative program, 180, 552, 467, and 92 cents. Uh, that's $180 million, uh, which is $4.5 million more than the $176 million that was budgeted. We got $15.6 million in August, uh, just under the $16 million budget for the month. Uh, but we got one more month to make it to our budgeted goal of $192 million, uh, which it looks like we're going to hit that because uh, just the way things come in, there's no way we'll be under uh, that $11.5 million that we are short right now. The, the big question is, I guess, whether we'll be over last year's giving total of $197 million. We should actually be like right on that, I think. So we may eclipse it, may come in right under it, but uh, our giving should be right on par with 2016-17 here in fiscal year 17-18. Yeah, so it looks really good. Uh, 
it's uh, always great to be sort of ahead of projection. We've got one month left in this. And so things are looking good for us to hit the budget for the entire year. Uh, so we'll, we'll look forward to the story that comes that gives us the whole kind of year in review. Uh, but things are looking good. Yeah, and Amy, if we do exceed that budget giving for the year, the IMB percentage is going to shift up to 53.4%. Yeah, and that's an, that's an interesting thing to remember. You know, we said that a couple of years ago that anything that exceeds the goal, you know, then they split that out. But uh, IMB share goes up to 53.4% of uh, of the overage. And that is because the executive committee and the operating budget does not get any of the overage. Uh, their operating budget has been calculated to match the actual uh, budget. So any overage uh, doesn't go back to the EC, their share goes on to the IMB. So that's a uh, helpful, helpful distinctive. Also in Nashville this week, the ERLC trustees met uh, for their annual trustee meeting. And we have a report from the meeting. Yeah, so it seems like it was a good meeting. I've actually heard from uh, a couple of people already uh, who were at that meeting, both uh, staff and trustees, um, that it was a great, a great time. Lots of different things. The award uh, for Dr. Moeller, that was certainly no surprise as uh, Dr. Moeller is marking his 25th anniversary as the president of uh, Southern Seminary. And uh, very nice words in the Baptist Press story. So we'll include that in the show notes, but really nice words from uh, from Dr. Moore about Dr. Moeller in that. Um, and yeah, some other, other things as well. A couple of notable um, staff announcements that were part of that. The director of events, Elizabeth Graham, uh, announced as a new member of the president's cabinet. That's made up of six people now. And so uh, Elizabeth will be part of that. Uh, she's a great friend, a uh, friend of the pod, but also a great friend of mine uh, for many, many years. So I'm really proud to see her in that uh, position. So it's very exciting. She's an incredible, um, incredible events director. She's got talent like I've uh, never seen in that area, uh, but also just a great uh, leader and, and a great person. So I'm very, very excited for her. And uh, Andrew Walker, previously director of policy studies, will now be director of research and senior fellow for Christian ethics. Uh, and there are a number of other things uh, that were announced and in, uh, in their report, a few other decisions, responses to some motions, things like that. Uh, but we'll we'll put that article in the show notes so you can get the full report. Check it out. That'll move us over to Wyoming, where we got some news last week after the podcast had dropped it. The executive director of the State Baptist Convention, Lynn Nickel, is retiring. Yeah, so we're very, very grateful for uh, Lynn Nickel's service to Wyoming. Um, and we'll certainly be uh, praying for him and his family and their transition, as well as Southern Baptists in Wyoming as they think uh, through what's next and, and prepare for this transition. So we'll be praying for the next state exec there. Yes, we will. And uh, Lynn said his plans uh, include moving back to Oklahoma, uh, likely where he has family members and has pastored a couple of churches. So he'll be relocating, uh, it seems like, from uh, Wyoming to Oklahoma. Made some phone calls this week, and it appears that the uh, the Wyoming uh, state convention may have a candidate soon for that job uh, out there in Wyoming. So uh, we have one state executive director retiring at the end of the year. That's uh, Bob White down in Georgia. Another state executive director, you know, announcing retirement, Lynn Nickel out in Wyoming. So that makes two retirees at the uh, toward the end of the 2018 year. So we'll have to wait and see if we see any more. And now over uh, back 
to uh, something that's a little closer to us, Amy. Up in eastern Kentucky, the University of the Cumberlands are slashing their tuition. Yeah, this is a really interesting move, and I've actually seen some similar moves in other uh, colleges. My own college did a, a major tuition cut a few years back uh, and then kind of changed how they did uh, financial aid. So this is a very... It's a very interesting move, and I think uh, as the as the conversation about the cost of higher education continues, uh, I think I think we'll we'll have to watch. We'll see what other schools do as well. Uh, but I really appreciate the idea that they want to serve students from the Appalachian area, and economically there are can be some struggles in that uh, region of the country uh, at times. So they definitely want to make sure they are serving. Uh, the families that that are there and not just continuing to, you know, increase, increase, increase. So uh, it, it will be interesting to see how the Cumberland's commitment sort of plays out over the next few years. It will be interesting to see that, especially with uh, everybody else's tuition seemingly rising uh, with the University of the Cumberland's, you know, decreasing that tuition by quite a bit there. So it'll be fascinating to see how this plays out, like you said. All right, that's going to do it for the news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go back to 1949 um, to a story uh, from the September 9th issue of Baptist Press, which was just fascinating to me uh, and and reminds me of how, the ways that we used to have to get the word out about things. You know, now... Now we want to talk about the cooperative program. Well, there's there are ways we can do it everywhere. It's on websites. We send out a tweet. We put a Facebook post up. You and I talk about it on the podcast. Um, and and folks can interact around the world. But there were a lot of uh, there there were a lot of limitations in earlier times. Uh, so one of the ways that they would get the information about the work of Southern Baptists was through film strips. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're too young to remember film strips, but I actually watched them in uh, my elementary school library and uh, remember them very well. But we had a film strip that was called Southern Baptists Advance, and it was uh, it portrayed the importance of the cooperative program. You could um, you could order it for four ninety five plus shipping for the record manual and film or a dollar ninety five without the record uh, from the executive committee. But the interesting thing is you you didn't want to do the dollar ninety five. You wanted the record because in this particular film strip, the narrator was um, a regular Saturday Night Grand Ole Opry announcer, Louis Buck of WSM. So this would have been a voice that a lot of Southern Baptists would hear on Saturday nights as they listened to the Grand Ole Opry. And uh, so they actually, the executive committee got him to come and narrate the record to go with the film. But this is the thing that's really cool is that as he was doing it, um, he then learns about the cooperative program. So he gave $25 to it. He said, working on this film has sold me on the importance of your great program. I want to make a personal con contribution to it. And remember, this is only about, you know, not even 25 years into the cooperative program. So it's still, you know, uh, still really uh, a work just trying to get um, get a lot of people aware of it and, and uh, 
continuing with it. So it was very interesting. Now, it, one thing that was intriguing to me is they, they put in the story that he was the son, grandson, and great-grandson of ministers and a graduate of the University of Alabama. So I'm not going to tell Mary that uh, since as a Clemson fan, she, she doesn't get excited about uh, hearing uh, of folks from the University of Alabama. But he said, uh, he, it, I think one of the reasons that was kind of an important line in there is he said, I worked for a long time to get through the university. And ever since I have been working in the Grand Ole Opry to convince people that I never saw a university. Most people don't believe I ever graduated from a university. So I don't know if there was something in uh, his voice or his accent or the way he, you know, did things, but he wanted to make sure that, uh, that that was known. Um, and so it was, it was pretty funny. Um, so anyway, just check that out. That's, uh, we'll put that in the show links. There are some other interesting stories in there as well. So always, always kind of fun to look back. All right, Amy, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Your resource of the week is? My resource of the week is um, a new book out from B&H by Brent Crow. It's called Moments Till Midnight, The Final Thoughts of a Wandering Pilgrim. Um, and it's kind of a, a creative thinking or retelling of the last 12 hours of Paul's life. Uh, so I just got a copy of this a week or two ago. I'm very intrigued uh, to dive into it. Brent Crow is uh, involved in Student Leadership University. He's vice president there in Orlando, Florida. So that uh, so someone that um, does a lot of work uh, in ministry and has had impact on uh, on folks everywhere through that uh, that great place from SLU. Uh, th- sorry, has had impacts has had a great impact on folks everywhere through his ministry at SLU. But uh, it's very very interesting the way that it uh, that this is described with no more letters to write, no more churches to plant, no more sermons to preach, and no more missionary journeys to embark upon. Paul awaited his death sentence. What were his final reflections on life? How did he view the race he had run? How should you view the race set before you? So uh, looking forward to diving into that. All right. Sounds like a great book. I have to check that out. My resource of the week is actually a new podcast, The Alabama Baptist. Uh, the state Baptist newspaper down in Alabama has put out a new podcast. Uh, they have launched that recently. They've got, a, I think, a weekly radio show on Saturdays down at one of the radio stations down in Alabama as well. But uh, you can check out the Alabama Baptist podcast. We'll link to that uh, with uh, everything they're doing down there. Jennifer Rash taking over, uh, at the, I think, at the end of the year for Bob Terry, who's retiring uh, as the state paper editor down in Alabama for the Alabama Baptist. So check out their podcast. Uh, you know, if you, especially if you're in Alabama, if you're an Alabama Baptist, should be essential listening for you uh, down in Alabama. All right, Amy, I know you're overseas this week. Uh, probably, I, I know it's been a whirlwind. You three days in Ireland, three days in England. Hope you guys are having fun. I know Keith is enjoying being able to teach at the uh, the universities up there, but hope you guys have a safe trip back next week. Yep, I will be back. Uh, we'll get back next Tuesday night. So uh, looking forward to um, getting home and, and catching up on things. And uh, we'll see how big our news week is next week. So Yes, we will. And until then, we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>